This podcast contains explicit content. You are listening to Hardly Focused. Dissecting the news one tangent at a time. When there's nothing left to burn, you have to set yourself on fire. Everyone, and welcome to Hardly Focused. Mike Tarara. Mike Tarara, Jack Gill. You can get us at hardlyfocused.com on your favorite podcast app on YouTube. Just search all of those places for Hardly Focused. Uh, Mike Tarara. Hi. Hi. How's it going? Uh, I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty good. Not too shabby for a Monday. Uh, I want to talk to you about the first three episodes of The Last of Us, but because this is still a new show people probably haven't watched it yet let's save the spoilers for the end of the episode what do you say uh it sounds like a plan yeah let's let's move it to the the end of the show sick okay uh you indicated to me before we started recording that you did not watch the grammys uh no i was slightly busy watching the uh broadway production of six tell me about six it is uh, the six wives of Henry the Eighth. Okay. In a modern musical setting, uh, where they basically describe uh, uh, exactly how they came in and out of his life. Some of them got beheaded. Some of them got divorced. Some of them died. Uh, and basically how uh, uh, how those things transpired. And, and really, at the end of it all, basically, it's uh, Henry the Eighth is a huge dick. You don't say small dick, but a huge dick. If you know, you know. Now, uh, beheadings. Yes. Do we see actual beheadings on stage? Uh, No, this is not the Game of Thrones version of six. This is uh, more of um, the comedic stylings meets uh, a little bit of uh, glee meets, you know, other things kind of six. So a little little more, more uh, happy go lucky uh, with, with, uh, with with jokes about miscarriage as well, I don't know. It's a <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 pretty good. It's pretty good. But can you imagine though a jovial singing and dance number as this poor woman is just getting beheaded on stage? Uh, I mean, they did some jovial dance numbers, uh, so I could see that. Um, and you know, I think if they had it, they went a different way. With the uh, with the show that might have happened, can you imagine? Heads will roll. Can you <laughs> can you imagine the uh, like the casting call for this role for for the role of any Looking of the wives? for a headless body and a bodiless head? Gotcha. <laughs> it's, they just keep churning through actresses every you night. Do this once, yeah, one night only, one performance only. It's all we need you for. Exclusive, but you still need an understudy though. <laughs> always every day <laughs> you can go through more actresses than a law and order production bum, bum. Uh, well that sounds fun um, yeah. and uh you know it'd be cool so this is called six now imagine if seven was turned into a stage play the film ah, the film that seven would, that would be a little that would be a little different right there i would pay to see that there's there's a lot of of plays i was gonna say productions but plays uh, that are being turned into plays from movies where it used to be plays would happen first and they'd be like, Oh, let's do a movie adaptation. 
there seems to be a lot of other way arounds now. Yeah, I remember uh, Carrie, the film Carrie, was a very short-lived Broadway production. So here we are jesting about, you know, actresses getting, you know, the beheadings on stage being real, and then uh, the film Seven being made into a Broadway production. But in all sincerity, the film Carrie was a Broadway production at one point, and it did not last long at all. Well, neither did Spider-Man. Now... Would you say that, on that note, would you say that uh, Broadway has recovered after COVID? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Now, were you worried, being a theater kid, were you worried about the state of Broadway uh, after uh, the pandemic began? Not inherently Broadway, but just performance in general. And then that, you know, affected Broadway in itself, but just like, yeah, my entire job is something that I can't physically do for next, you know, X amount of time unknown. Yeah. Great. What do we do? Were there any productions that you just enjoy, maybe not necessarily frequent, but that you enjoy that succumbed to the pandemic? Um, I mean, a lot of it was, you know, the live music. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it was it, some of the place, some of the place, because I'll be honest, I don't need to see another rendition of South Pacific or Oklahoma. Uh, Stephen Sondheim is uh, checked out. I don't need to see 42nd Street again. Thank you very much. The newer stuff, I'll, you know, I'll take on that. So, okay, that's the stuff that that's kind of like, oh, you don't even have a chance to go see it because it, it can't even get its legs. Mentioned Sondheim uh, very shortly before he died. It was only, I'd say, maybe three weeks to a year before he died. He was a guest on uh, Stephen Colbert's show, and it was he was he was what he was in his nineties. Uh, yeah, but he was uh sharp as a tack right up to the end, and he got a standing ovation. Um, yeah, it was a, it was a big deal to have Sondheim on stage, just there, and then a few weeks I mean, later, not to be, not, yeah, I mean, the guy churned out like he was. What would you call like the Steven Spielberg of? Of, of theater like, like how who, who would be more like universally bankable um weber <laughs> no for like in, in film like if you're like in somebody that doesn't okay. know anything about theater oh okay uh, like who would be in in film who would be the most bankable like director oh you know? uh, james cameron uh, okay there you go like he's he's like the james cameron okay of of theater James Cameron, who's quite literally just uh, unstoppable. Force. I can do whatever I want, and you're gonna make. I'm gonna make sure we make a billion dollars. <laughs> I'm gonna take almost two decades to churn out the first of thirty sequels to Avatar, and it will make a billion dollars within its first month. And I, I don't know about you. I never saw the first Avatar. I had no interest in it. I did because. I had seen a bunch of shoddily made 3D movies, including um, uh, what is Resident Evil? Was it Revolutions? Sure, there's so many. Resident yeah, there was one that was in 3D, and like the 3D was just like, oh god, awful. And then there's one, another one that they kind of up, like updo into 3D, and I was like, fuck. But this one was like, this is shot in IMAX in 3D, designed to be in 3D. I'm like, all right, well, you know what? I'll try it. Yeah. So I did go. I did go to Jordan's IMAX to see Ooh. it, and I was like, "All right, all right, 
Yes, this is Fern Gully on steroids, whatever. <laughs> but visually, it was just so immersive. And the 3D was just on point where you didn't feel like you were watching 3D. You felt like you were just in the movie. And I think that's what made the difference. So, yes, uh, I did. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm going <clears> to <throat> really enjoy Avatar 2. <clears throat> I'm not going to go out and watch it until it comes free on Disney Plus. Thank you very much. But I watched the original. But Avatar, the story, I guess, is hot garbage. Like the story's forgettable, but the it's the visual. Yeah, I mean that's what, why it's 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 literally Fern Fern Gully in you know in space yeah, is you, what it is. You know, it's funny. I watched Fern Gully for the first time this past weekend. Oh wow! I was at a birthday party for a dog, and interesting. And uh, the hosts put on all dogs go to heaven. Uh, but you know, like people are half paying attention to the film. Um, oh yeah, you know, all dogs go to heaven. I can't tell you the last time I saw that. But um, then when it was over, the next film queued up was Fern Gully, and uh, the dog's mother said, "Fuck it, we're watching Fern Gully." And the whole time I'm just like, I now I got this confused with, uh, I guess, Watership Down. Where I thought wait, wait, wait. you you've got Fern Gully confused with Watership Down. Yeah, I thought Fern Gully was supposed to be like incredibly depressing. Well, I mean, of, if in, you're a kid, it can be in, in full of death. But all I saw was uh, a, a human trying to bang a fairy while the fairy's trying to prevent her rainforest from being cut down. And, despite- and as an adult, you see that as a child, it goes over your head. <laughs> Uh, well, you, you know, I, I think angered everybody in the room, myself included, is that the film took place, I think, in Australia and no one has an accent. Everyone's American. Production values were were razor thin right there. OK, they couldn't afford. Yeah. Blimey. Watership Down, by the way, I've never seen. I just know that that one is full of animals just getting killed. Uh, uh, apparently, despite uh, it being an animated feature. I have now Kate left it when she moved out, but uh, Watership Down. We might have Watership Down, but uh, she left Grave of the Fireflies, which one day I'm going to watch. But I've heard it's like Last of Us episode three levels of devastating. It's a Japanese animated war tragedy film. Oh, yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. I don't have to read anything after that to know that it is going to be so so depressingly sad. Yeah. Because let me tell you, those, the Japanese and their films, when they go in, they go all in. And if that's a war tragedy, they're not, they don't shy away. Even if it's animated, they're like, no, no, no. You, we're going to animate the shit out of this. Yeah. J- Japan, uh, they don't take anything about World War II a little too lightly, he thinks. <laughs> for, a couple of, for a couple of reasons. Yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah i mean they try to gloss over a couple of the war crimes but uh they had not, a little too many to, to completely whitewash um this book doesn't have anything in here between 1939 and 1945 what about the invasion of poland we were invited i do like to when the, the dude just breaks into german <laughs> as he's saluting and I think it's translated like I will not I will not hear slander about the German people 
Yes. Like you just keep shouting it. Um, anyway, uh, Avatar uh, 2. Yeah, I've never saw never saw the first one. I had no interest in the first one. Definitely don't have any interest in the second one. And Cameron's probably... Is he even going to be alive by the time the third one comes out at this rate? I'm sure he's got like the storyline in there. And he's got you know people backed up to be like, all right, this is what we're going to do. I mean, even if the second one was kind of... Uh, I didn't care about anything. It still made a what two billion dollars. It made a lot of money. I was actually yeah. So they're just gonna be like, all right, it did. If he's dead, we're making a third one, and we're making a billion dollars. But at this point, like, okay, so the first Avatar that came out, what, like two thousand nine? Um, yep. And I, you know, I guess in two thousand nine, visuals like that were still uh, new and exciting. Yeah, like think about Tron Legacy, which came out the following year. I mean, oh my god, Tron Legacy is a visual orgasm. But it's so funny watching that now and looking at the CG that they did, like with Jeff Bridges when oh, they, yeah. they DH yeah, him. It's dated, yeah, and it's comical. But oh my god, I, I mean, I feel like I, I sound—I feel like I sound like my parents when they saw the original Tron in 1982 and were like, "This is the most visually stunning film we've ever seen." And you watch it now, and you're like, "This is like individually hand painted cells." Thank you, Tron. It's like a, it's a cartoon by today's standards. And then, oh, uh, yeah, which it put me to sleep, by the way, the original Tron. But then oh, yeah. Legacy, though, I remember watching it and just being blown away. And then well, watching it's the it same and, thing with Citizen Kane. Like it was round bait breaking, you know, when it came out. And then you're like, oh, what's so special about it? Because everybody built upon, you know, that base. You're like, oh, low level shots. What are these? They're in every fucking movie now. But before Citizen Kane, no one thought about low level shots. He actually put the camera for he had to cut a hole in the ground four feet because they're so damn big. I like watching um, it, it's I guess if, if you could call it behind the scenes, but it was like the making of Metropolis, which I believe came out in like 1929. Oh, I never have seen Metropolis, but I do know the visuals of Metropolis, but just how they were filming it. Um, and, and just seeing like so, if someone just taking a photograph of just like the the miniature set that they built and just the. Uh, I guess the camera tricks that they were doing because it was 1929 cameras were new. Yeah. Like, yeah. Matte painting over matte painting over matte painting over live action over matte painting. You're like, Oh my God. Oh, I love the filming of the uh, MGM lion. And nowadays you could just easily CGI that and it would look, you know, 99% realistic. But back then they were filming an actual lion and yep. uh, everyone in that, on that set was like, I'm going to die. Yeah, the chances of me getting out of this alive. Well, I mean, let's slim. be honest. I mean, back in the day, they're like, "Yeah, we've got enough people working here. If one or two get mauled by a line, we'll be fine." Oh, so, so speaking of, there's a film from 1981 called Roar. Have you ever heard of it? Uh, yes. Is that was that Melanie Griffith? Yes. Where she basically almost died. Uh, a lot of people almost died. I don't think anyone actually died, but a lot of people came very close. Uh, it, it was in production for. About 11 years. I think they only started filming maybe, you know, three or four years prior to when it actually came out. But it was, among other things, known for its incredibly long production time. But uh, it's about a family of humans living among lions, a pride of lions. And, um, yeah, lions. They budget was 17 million. They made 2 million. (laughs) Jesus. It sucks. Yeah. 
Yeah, lions are not uh, the best actors or the most patient actors. Not when they're completely wild. I believe uh, Jan de Bont, the guy that later directed Speed and Twister, um, was scalped by a lion. Oh, wow. That's how messed up things were on that set. But um, uh, nowadays you could just do it all with CGI. Estimates say at least 70 members of the 140-person crew were injured. I love how they just kept going, too. Like, they didn't shut it down. They, they shut it down almost because one of their sets was destroyed by a, a hurricane. Or um, not a hurricane because it was in California. It was a... Uh, uh, Is that a typhoon or a cyclone? No, I'm just like a rainstorm and a mudslide, oh. I think. Um, oh, so everything else that happens in California. Right. <laughs> Had to do with water, which is surprisingly enough. You know, they don't get a lot of that. But um, <laughs> the last 10 years, that was the only thing that you. Yeah. Especially if you live out in Vegas, outside of Vegas, if, you, if you're relying on Lake Mead for water. You mean, you mean Pond Mead? Pond Mead. Dude, I saw that when I was in Vegas a couple of years ago and I drove out to the dam and it's still obviously picturesque, but just seeing the color of the rocks. Hey, this is where water is. This is where water is. This is where water is. This is where water is now. Yep. Just seeing how uh, how much it's receded to the point where they're just finding skeletons, just dead bodies everywhere. Hey, where did this come from? It came from Vegas, 1981. Don't ask questions. <laughs> it was a production assistant from Roar. <laughs> it's where we disposed his body. Yeah, it's. Uh, I remember it made the news. They found like the first, you know, set of remains of a human body, and then uh, a couple of weeks later, hey, second set of remains found, third and set of third remains, set, fo- and then after like, set. Yeah. we lost count, guys. There's just a bunch of dead people. After the fortieth, they stopped reporting on it. But yeah, it's. Uh, it ain't getting any better. Let's put it that way. Which is funny on the topic of films. Think about Waterworld, where the whole world was covered in water. Except for the map that was uh, tattooed on the girl's back. Yep. Spoiler alert. Hey, Kevin Costner drinks pee. <laughs> he, he, he drank pee. That was uh, Costner, right? I was confusing with Quaid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. That was Costner. If you put Dennis Quaid and uh, not Randy Quaid, but Dennis Quaid. <laughs> slight difference between <laughs> those two. Just a slight sanity difference between those two. Yeah, if you put Quaid and Costner in a room together, it's going to take me a few seconds to remember which one is which. First, really? I've never been able to like immediately really? tell. Really? That has never there. been an issue for me. I don't know what it is. Uh, uh, same deal with Kurt Russell and Jeff Bridges. Going back to Jeff Bridges. I confuse them as well. Wait, Kurt Russell and Jeff Bridges? Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't know why I confuse them, but I do. It's not like... Wow. A, it's not okay. like a staring at Jeff Bridges and listening to him talk and and then needing to take two hours to realize that it's not Kurt Russell. It's just one of those okay. things where it's going to take it, it. There's like a five to ten second buffering period where I catch up and realize, OK, that's Kurt Russell. OK, so it's not like you're watching the big Lebowski going, oh, Kurt Russell's awesome at this. Man, Kurt Russell, sore throat throughout this entire film. Yeah. I love Jeff Bridges as Snake Plissken. <laughs> I mean, it's not a Will Ferrell, Chad Smith situation. Oh, my God. Now that right there, especially now that they're both older. Even younger. I was looking at a picture of the one hot minute era uh, Chili Peppers. It was a a promo photo that they did. And uh, even back then, back in 95, Chad Smith looked a lot like I'd say 
2004 Anchorman era Will Ferrell. Okay. The resemblance was there even back then. But you're right, more so now that they are both older. Um Yeah, we're talking about Tron Legacy. We're talking about films that uh were in 3D. I'm so happy that that 3D craze is over. Next, we're going to reinvent Smellovision. I'd rather take that. I mean, that's uh that's a cool concept. But 3D just that was uh and that was like the second time that they tried to to make 3D a thing, right? Cuz wasn't 3D big in the early 80s, like late 70s. Yeah, when you 80s. had like the actual like red and yeah, and it was just it was gimmicky, very gimmicky. And, you know, Jaws 3D, yeah. But it was gimmicky even in uh, the early 2010s, the early teens when we were Oh, well, I think because I think everybody's like, "Well, I can make it 3D." And they're like, "No, no, no, not everything." You don't need a Wes Anderson film to be in 3D, okay? Do they? But they still make them in 3D, though. I mean, I st- you still see like in 3D. Yeah, I think they 4D. just don't advertise it as much. I was like, okay, it's in 3D, whatever. I'm sorry, real D, not 4D. They yeah, call it's real, real D. D. It's real D. I got the real D of you for you. That is, yeah, four centimeter D right there. Four centimeter D, and that's uh, that's that's on a good day. Mm-hmm. That's when it's not negative 20 degrees. Um. Yeah, that cold too. How did you fare with the cold? Did you uh cuz you were in New York? Uh it, right? well, at that point we we were back, so uh, cold is okay. Uh we we uh we're still dealing with one zone that that uh probably possibly had a frozen pipe, so we're, we're getting back to, to to not it didn't burst, but it was uh, we we're like why is the heat not working right now? Uh Okay. So we cranked up the other two zones that were still working. And you're like, all right, the house is going to stay warm now. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure I would know if a, a pipe burst. Oh, yeah. You'd, you'd know. You would know after it started uh, un- yeah, thawing out. Yeah. Or I guess even uh, freezing. I guess. Is, I mean, uh, a burst yeah. pipe is, is obvious. Uh, yeah. Not, I guess, not immediately recognizing a frozen pipe. I, I, I think I skated past that this past weekend. Uh. But, uh, my house in the winter when it gets when we go through that period of time where it's just constantly you know 10 to 20 degrees every day or mm-hmm. or at least it gets to that when the sun goes down the downstairs in my house because it's just all open it, it gets really fucking cold you got to crank the heat yeah it was at one point it was 55 degrees downstairs and i'm like i'm not setting foot downstairs in my house i'm not doing that like standing on the floor, even. I gotta say, our, our my house, man. You can you crank the heat even just to like seventy, and upstairs it's just like okay, I can walk around in my underwear and not have to be cold, and it's negative twenty degrees outside. It just keeps the heat. I uh, <laughs> Saturday Saturday night, I think I went to bed at like eleven p.m., eleven thirty p.m. because it was so cold, and my bedroom was the only room in the house that was. It was like the warmest room in the house. I'm like, if I climb into bed, I'll be warm. So I went to bed early on Saturday, but it was so nice waking up Sunday and having it be what 40 degrees again. Like it feels like summer. It was 45, almost 50 degrees out. Yeah. I mean, thankfully it's going to be like that for the next week, but we're, we're now, I, this is a part of the year. I hate February and March. I hate this time of year. Cause this is when it gets the coldest. Mm-hmm. 
the coldest, not necessarily the darkest, but the coldest before it. And it's just it, the, the, the winter's not fun anymore. You're like, I'm over it. Bye. I'm uh, going to a ski resort in Vermont tomorrow and I'll be there for the rest of the week. And uh, I can only imagine what that's going to be like. I mean, uh, extra warm. Extra warm. I mean, you know what it's like. You also worked at the radio station. You did those ski events. Oh, yeah. Fucking cold, dude. Nut cold. Now, did they ever put you up at the resorts or did they make you go back the same day? Uh, generally, they put us up for the, for the first couple of years and they start, started doing the, oh, you got to come back the same day. But we were like, uh, it's three fucking hours. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. When I, because um, I did multiple street team stints and the last one that I did before I left the company was there was one time where we were able to spend the night but even then it was I think we showed up at oh my god we showed up at like two in the morning (laughs) well because we had to do enough we were going from like a like the New England auto show which if you remember Oh yeah, was a uh, you know a fourteen hour day, and then uh, then traveling up to New Hampshire or Vermont for a ski event. So we don't get there until two o'clock in the morning. We had to be up at seven for um, the actual event. So yeah, that was a fun five hours in that in, in the really nice room that uh, uh, that that company probably spent some poor sales weasel's year salary on to get us for a night. Yeah, all that's comps, guys. Thanks for really <laughs> spreading the love. Um, so, uh, yeah, but there was also a lot of poor planning, a lot, a lot of poor uh, promotions coordinating P- happening. Poor planning happening at that time. No, so, what are you talking about? But anywho, anywho, we we nil digress. Uh, the Grammys happened last night. That is uh, the awards show where people win awards. And, and if you're Homer, you're not happy that you won a Grammy. Um, they've had a few jokes on on The Simpsons where Homer's given a Grammy and he just throws it over his shoulder. Yep, like he doesn't want it. Um, it, I mean that's that's got to be what Beyonce is doing now. She's having a shelf full of Grammys. I mean, at this she's point, got one for every room. At this point, she's just got to be throwing them at the neighborhood kids. Quite possibly, <laughs> uh, but the yeah the Grammys were last night. Um, it was really nice, first and foremost, to not have the date be affected by the pandemic because they had it late last year. They had it, I think, last April, and I think that's because things were getting were still getting pushed out and rescheduled because of uh, Omicron. Because uh, I had to talk someone. Uh, on Reddit off of a ledge because they were, well, they were freaking out over the in memoriam and uh, uh, Taylor Hawkins. They were upset because Taylor Hawkins wasn't in the in memoriam, but, but he was in last year's and I think he was, um, it wasn't just mentioned in passing too. I think he was, he was spoken of. But that's because the Grammys didn't happen until April. 
and he passed away, I believe, in March, late March. So uh, I, I could be, I could be wrong about that, but I, I was finding articles saying that there were Grammys tributes last year to Taylor Hawkins because he was dead. Well, all you got to do is say, okay, Taylor Hawkins, and when did he die? Had March 25th, 2022. Grammys, 2022. April 3rd. Yay. Look at that. I remembered something. I'm smart. It's like, come on, guys. <laughs> 10 seconds on Google. Let me Google that for you.com. Yep. Uh, but Mike, obviously, only using Alta Vista for that. Clearly, I asked Jeeves. <laughs> but yeah, the Grammys had their in memoriam, and it was, uh, I'd say it was pretty well, uh, pretty well covered in terms of who's passed away um, in the in the past year. A uh, lot, a lot of people upset that Aaron Carter wasn't mentioned, even though he, um, I, I don't think well, was, I thought this was for artists, right? Oh. Oh, uh, you know, I'm going to a convention. It's a 90s convention um, next month, I believe. And uh, ooh, my first convention post <laughs> post COVID. This will be fun. Uh, but I believe uh, all of the Backstreet Boys will be there. And Nick Carter, I believe, will be there. Now, again, I, I confused NSYNC and, and the Backstreet Boys. So whichever one Nick Carter was in, Nick Carter will be there. So I, I can't get confused. No, what about 98 degrees? Are you confusing that one too? Ah, they stay 98 degrees was the RC Cola of boy bands from that era. <laughs> like, you know, like Coke and Pepsi, like, okay, like whatever. I mean, you can, you can kind of tell the difference between the two of them, but then you, you have a sip of RC Cola and you're like, that's, that's just different enough. And that's what 98 degrees was. And then you had O Town, which was the moxie soda of oh, late that, 90s oh. boy bands. That, oh, that's a that's a paint thinner right there. Mm. <laughs> so they did a tribute to Christine McVie from Fleetwood Mac, which I thought was nice. But you know what? This this might set you off, Mike. Uh only Mick Fleetwood was present as the uh really as the representative of Fleetwood Mac. Uh, it was Cheryl Crow and Bonnie Raitt. So Cheryl Crow is filling in for Stevie Nicks? Uh, sure, yeah. Just doing a little better job of singing. <laughs> not sounding like a um not sounding like a goat. I love Stevie Nicks. Don't get me wrong. I love I love Stevie Nicks. Don't get me wrong. But she does I mean South Park wasn't screwing around. In the Osama bin Laden episode, they 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 weren't messing around there. Uh, yeah, so I was Shell Crow and then Bonnie Ray, who won um, uh, an award of her own later on in the evening and looked genuinely taken aback by it. But yeah, I, I thought it was. I, I just thought it was really interesting that only Mick Fleetwood was there for Christine's well, trip. Technically, he's the only Fleetwood, right? He is the only Fleetwood. So there you go. There's Fleetwood. There's the entire band. <laughs> but I, I mean, at least have 
uh, John McVie there, right? Like that would be days. good to have John McVie there for Christine McVie. You literally have Fleetwood Mac there. You would also have the two constant members of the band. The two founding members of the band. The only ones that have been there for the entire uh, time the band has been around. At this point, I think if you put Stevie and Lindsey Buckingham on stage together, it's going to be like two Japanese fighting fish. That they're just going to... Thunderdome. They're they're just going to beat the shit out of each other. Watching a couple... It's going to be a geriatric fist fight. And I would pay good money to see it. Uh, So they had that. Um, they had the history of hip hop celebrating 50 years of hip hop. Mm-hmm. That was cool. That was actually really well done. Um, I'm now I'm not familiar with is it is it Migos or Migos? Uh, it's Migos. Migos. Uh, they did a tribute to Takeoff, mm-hmm. and uh, I guess the other two guys. Uh, I can't. Remember, I don't know if it happened before their performance or after, but I guess the other two guys uh, from Migos got into a fist fight backstage. Awesome. <laughs> so that that was fun. Uh, Jesus, guys, come on, get your shit together. Uh, Run DMC made a brief appearance. Run and DMC, both Run and DMC. Okay, together they they have done sporadic uh, reunions in the last twenty years. But now it being the uh, the the history of hip hop. I mean, they were going through all of the all of the acts, all of you know, yeah, much all the way from yeah of. the uh, Sugar Hill Gang, you know, all the way up to now, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Run DMC, I figured they would have gotten a little more than twenty seconds. I figured they were landmark enough that. Um, they I would, mean, yeah, but I mean, if you give more than twenty seconds to that, like, how quickly do you have to go through all these names? You know, right? I mean, they did a Wu Tang. Mm-hmm. Um, ain't nothing to fuck with. Yeah, Wu Tang Financial, gonna diversify your motherfucking bonds. But you know they didn't have. Uh, well, they did Wu Tang. They didn't do anything about uh, ODB. Unfortunately, the old dirty bastard couldn't make it today. But he sent his regards. But it was. I think that was highlight of the night. Um, if if it weren't for the CBS feed, um, spazzing out throughout the entire thing. I don't know what it was, but it was the jankiest fucking thing. It was just so glitchy. I don't know if it was the Boston affiliate. No, it's because it was the glitch mob remix. That's why. (laughs) But it was good. It was a really, I'd say that was the highlight of the, uh, I'd say that was the highlight of the night. Um, Uh, T Swift uh, giving a standing O for every single person. Yep. Regardless of anybody else standing up, apparently. Uh, did you see the Ben Affleck memes? Uh, uh, I didn't see them. Uh, Sarah didn't. She put, she pointed out, hey, you're going to talk about the Grammys tonight? You're going to talk about how Ben Affleck looked fucking miserable? <laughs> he, he looked like he hated his life. He really yeah, did. He looked He looked like he really wanted to spend the rest of his night at a Duncan's. <laughs> I mean, J-Lo, like, at least... It, it seemed like... I mean, I've, I've, I've been... Uh, on this side of it uh, where I've gotten dragged to a family event that I didn't want to be at and like in the old photos you see pictures of Kate and she's like having the time of her life she's got a big smile on her face and I just look miserable because I didn't want to be there and it was doing everything in my power to muster uh, looking alive and that was Ben Affleck I could relate to Ben Affleck Ben Hufleck? I never thought I'd say this 
but I could relate to Ben Affleck. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I can relate too because I mean, I, I had to, I had to plunge a wicked turd the other day, and I was like, oh, Geely. It's turkey time. Gobble, gobble. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of dunks and Ben Affleck, uh, Boston.com had an article about uh, two Dunkin' Donuts locations that are within like close proximity to one another. Uh, they're within, was it 110 feet of each other? I think that's right. Yeah, it's in Kingston. It's because one is on one side of the street and one is on the other side of the street. I don't want to have to make a left-hand turn. Uh, they have come that on, on. Come on, how hard is that? They have that on Route Nine in Westboro for a while, and in one. Yeah, of the but see, the difference is Route Nine is like separated. There's a divider there, right? There is. Yeah, whereas this place in Kingston, you can go to either one, right? You can. Yeah, it's not. You're not crossing uh, a, a major highway. But truly, only in Massachusetts would you see that. I mean, I guess. Oh, anywhere, clearly, yeah. I guess anywhere else, you know, um, you know, a dunk or a, a Starbucks on every corner. But there's just something about Massachusetts and having it be Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, yeah. Never mind the Dunkin' Donuts that are inside other things that are next to other Dunkin' Donuts. And you're like, oh, it's a hidden. Dunkin'. It's like a Russian nesting doll of Dunkin' Donuts. The, I feel like the ones that are inside places, though, charge more. Oh, yeah, they do. Just like the McDonald's that are on uh, service plazas on the highway charge more. Oh, that's a that's a scam right there. The fucking racket. Especially if you're like if you're on the pike. And. You're, you're you're paying to be on the pike already. Uh-huh. And then you stop at a McDonald's in a service plaza and you're paying twice what you normally pay. $18 for a uh, Big Mac meal. Yeah, fuck that. Or go 10 miles down the street, find one that's just off of a highway, and you pay less than $18 for two full meals. There you go. Because fuck you, McDonald's. Uh, you know what they have down in the South Shore, since I've been spending a lot of time on the South Shore, and you really only see it down there, is they have the Burger Kings as part of the service plazas. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to go to the Mary Lou's. Oh, they have a lot of that. Oh, I've been having so much Mary Lou's since, uh, like, uh, September. That's a local thing, right? They were like, what the fuck is the Mary Lou's? <laughs> since September, man. Yeah, Mary Lou's, it's only on the South Shore in Massachusetts, which is... Um, South Shore. South Shore guy. Well, it's near the Cape. It's it's like the Cape and really pretty much anywhere like immediately south of Boston. Um, but this place, Mary Lou's. Yeah, it's like it's the local competitor to the already local Dunkin Donuts. But holy shit, nectar of the gods. Let me tell you. If you if you pass by a Mary Lou's, you stop. I mean, they do go into um, in, in, into Rhode Island, but then again, Rhode Island is Literally a postage stamp. Rhode Island doesn't exist. There are 49 states, okay? Connecticut Island. <laughs> Rhode Island is not a state. It's not It's yeah. not an island either, but it's it, it barely qualifies as a state. It's the Luxembourg of the United States. The Liechtenstein. <laughs> but um, yeah, if you uh, are not local and you find yourself in Massachusetts and you find yourself heading towards Cape, Find a Mary Lou's and go there and tell me it's not the best coffee you've ever had. Especially the best iced coffee. Ooh. And it's one of those places that they don't employ men. <laughs> it's all ladies. Yeah, it really is. I've never seen a man working They're there. They're not being sexist. They're just like, guys are like, I know better. Maybe I've seen a gay guy working there. I don't know. But uh, definitely no, uh, no straight men I've, I've ever seen working there. It's that King of the Hill episode where 
uh, Dale gets hired at Hooters. I was thinking uh, Big Daddy, where uh, the guy's working at Hooters, but he's in the grill. <laughs> the, the guy with the old balls. Yeah. yeah. Oh, balls must be so old and saggy. He's got a. He's got a five-year. The guy plan. with the wrinkly balls. His five-year plan. Don't die. <laughs> I was going to try to pawn him off on my girlfriend, but she's banging the Pepperidge Farm guy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so, uh, Sam Smith, who, uh, I'm familiar with him, but I don't, I don't listen to him. He was on SNL. I didn't listen to him at all until that song came out and holy shit, it's addictive. Yeah. He was on SNL a couple weeks ago and his performance was really good. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I will not knock that, but I, I will not go out of my way to listen to Sam Smith, but, um, you'll, you'll listen to the Smiths, but not Sam Smith. I will listen to the Smiths and I'll be angry the entire time I listen to the Smiths, but I will listen to the Smiths. There you go. Uh, according to, I mean, uh, take your pick from who's reporting it, but I uh, went with salon.com uh, or salon.com, if you will. Salon? Uh, salon. Uh, Sam Smith's full on Satan worship Grammys number puts conservatives on anti vax satanic panic. We already have a satanic panic back in the 80s. We did, but uh, vaccines didn't play a role in it, Mike. Not yet. We had to add, add a new layer right now. Yeah. I mean, AIDS was still new. Not HIV, but full-blown AIDS. Uh, and and uh, I don't know if the back then AIDS got mixed into the uh, satanic panic, but... Uh, uh, no, it was more of the rock and or roll. Was that when D. Snyder testified before Congress? Uh, that was for the, yeah, the PMRC and the uh, warning labels. Yeah. Yeah. I, I met D Snyder at, uh, at rock and shock. And I remember I was yeah. just, I was standing, nice I was standing at his table. I think you were with me too. Um, Could be. Cause I was standing at his table and I forgot who was there. That was like it, uh, grabbing the attention of who we were with. But D. Snyder was right, just sitting right there. No one's like, and I'm right in front of him. No one's like clamoring to talk to him. And I just like extended my hand and I just go, D. Snyder, nice to meet you. And that was it. And I remember he had a lot of rings on his hand. <laughs> you could crush my hand right now with those rings. You crack walnuts. Um, and that's all I said to him. I, mean, I just, I'm like, there you are, D. Snyder. That's you. Don't know if hey, you knew. you're there. <laughs> hey, do I know you? No, but you're there. <laughs> um, that 90s convention I'm going to, by the way, um, uh, uh, Joey Fat One is going to be there. Oh, Joey Fat One's a good guy to meet. He'll talk. Oh, yeah. To your wife. Oh, yeah. Oh, She'll I remember. Out. <laughs> oh, I remember that. <laughs> she hates me for bringing that up still. He was hitting on her. Oh, that oh was God. funny. I'm sorry. Huge fan. That that was funny. I that was one of my favorite like convention celebrity encounters. You know what topped it off? Just like how it was just happened to have been standing next to D Snyder and no one was like clamoring around D Snyder. I was standing next to Sully Erno. <laughs> While you were there watching Joey Fat One hit on Sarah, I just look over at Sully and I just like extended my hand. I'm like, dude, this is the most awkward moment of my life. Nice to see you. Thanks for being here. <laughs> That's okay, dude. Anthony Michael Hall hit on my ex-wife, so there you go. right in front of me. Um, so I gave him a uh, a business card for at the time it was Talk Radio Meltdown, and it had the contact information from the jabroni from Sharknado on it. So, um, 
I, I hope, I hope Anthony Michael Hall had some fun with that. Uh, but anyway, uh, Satanic Panic is back, uh, according to Salon.com. During Sunday night's ceremony, the Grammys, don't you know, uh, the pair being Sam Smith and Petra's first transgender female to win a Grammy. Oh. Uh, the pair took center stage to perform their hit song Unholy, which also won the award for best pop duo slash group performance. Uh, the Hell Theme Showcase featured several red robe dancers, cages, whips, and Smith sporting a top hat adorned with red devil horns. Uh, naturally, conservative critics took offense to this at this apparent love letter to the Prince of Darkness and took to Twitter to slam the performance. The comments raged from interrupting, interpreting the number as an actual satanic ritual to, what else, an attempt to advance the vaccine agenda. Just take a guess at who was clamoring about this, who was upset. Oh, fucker Charlson. Uh, nah, maybe, but I didn't see his name come up. Charlie Kirk. Yes. Ben Shapiro. Yes. Candace, uh, what's her name? No. Um, uh, Margie Taylor Green. Oh, yeah. Uh, the other dumb one with the guns. Uh, the Arizona lady, Carrie Lake. No. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the other dumb one with guns. Uh, the Colorado one. Oh, uh, the, the hooker. Yes, the hooker. Lauren Bobert. Yes, Lo- yeah, Lauren Boberts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then uh, I'm sure, uh, ooh, um, probably uh, DeSantis and uh, Raul Cruz. Uh, Raul, yes. DeSantis, no. Okay. All right. Ra- yeah, because Raul Cruz has got nothing better to do. Right. Yeah, you were uh, almost uh, all of them. Got almost yeah. all of them. Yeah. Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> well, now here's what. Too soon. Here's never too soon. Here's what was really setting people off. I didn't realize Kim Petras was was uh, transgendered. I didn't know that either. I'm like, okay, okay, she's. <laughs> so I, I would have been, uh, you know, labeling her as I saw her. So all right, whatever. Do you watch Euphoria? I do not. Okay. No. There's a, I, I'm only a few episodes into it, but there's a transgender female on that show and um, she looks great. You, same, same deal. Man, you wouldn't know. Because same with Petrus. I mean, good on them. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you, you pick the, you know, it's also too, you got to have the right body structure in the first place. You know, there's some people that can go from guy to girl and girl to guy and it doesn't matter. You're like, you, you fucking ugly. Right. Um. Yeah, the, so, but I'm so, glad you're happy with your body now. But you fucking ugly. <laughs> so after the performance was Chad over, Bono. they showed the uh, the sponsor, the logo of the sponsor of that performance, and it was Pfizer. Ah, <laughs> that's why they got. Oh Jesus Christ! So, I mean, the moral out uh, the the if they could clutch more pearls, I mean, there'd be no seafood industry ever again. Like what the fuck guys? (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, Like I, now that part, I don't know if that was intentional on Pfizer's part to, to sponsor that performance, just knowing it was going to cause outrage. Uh, I don't know. I, but you know what? Fuck it. They're like, Hey, whatever. It's not like they need publicity. It's Pfizer. They make boner medication and the vaccine. (laughs) They're good. They're, they're swimming in it. It's uh, It's just, it's just funny because like the, the actual, the actual, the word, like the, the message of the, of the song 
really probably hits way too close to home for Republican families anyway, because it's about a philandering husband who doesn't give a shit about his family. But never mind that. But never mind that. <laughs> the transgender gays are trying to vax us and, uh, and, and into the service with Satan. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, now, do you think these people would be upset over, say, Ozzy Osbourne because he was nominated for a Grammy? I uh, know because it wasn't Ozzy uh, awarded before the sh- uh, before the televised part. Oh, I don't know. I know he was nominated at one point. Yeah, I, he, I think he he maybe even won, but yeah, uh, that's the catch. See, that throws me off that they do like the pre-show, the pre-Grammys. Yeah. Yeah, and the, no love for the actual. Yeah, those the, the, like the rap album, and then or the rap. There's so a couple of rap ones in there, uh, and then a couple of rock ones in there. He's like, "Come on, guys, really?" Right. But hey, it's the Billboard doing it, so fuck them. Yeah. So that's uh, why uh, all of our maybe Taylor Swift should cover some Metallica songs. There we go. Is it, look, honestly, like even if even if you're jesting about that, <laughs> she might. If you are, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. If you're in Taylor Swift's circle, her, sat- golden. her satanic circle. Of clearly. Yeah, you're set for life. When, when you, it's, like, it's like Oprah's book club. If Oprah says, read this fucking book. Is that why Olivia Benson is still on Law and Order? Is that why Grey's Anatomy continues to exist? <laughs> if you're just, uh, and, I, and I cite Jimmy Eat World because... Uh, she did a commercial where she's on a treadmill and she's uh, running while the middle is playing uh, and then she falls off the treadmill and eats shit. <laughs> but because of that, uh, uh, sales for the middle had this this brief surge. Well, hey, it's just like the Kate, you know, it's like Kate Bush, right? Oh, 26 yeah. years and then you finally make it to number one. <laughs> and that, Yeah, I mean, it's like I know it's Stranger Things. And I'm kind of, oh, I mean, I love the first season of that show, but I'm kind of over it now. Like, That's I'm right. Just, There's only one more season to go and you're fine. I'm just invested and I want to see it conclude, but it's, yeah, if, if you're. At a, least it'll conclude on its own terms, unlike The Witcher. Wah, wah, I'm bitter. You have every right to be bitter, but you're a Warhammer fan, though. Oh, my God, exactly. So it's fucking silver lining. Holy yeah. shit. I'd say this is the perfect trade off for you. Oh, my God, exactly. I was pissed as hell. And then finally, it's like. Oh, and I'm going to be executive producer, and I'm going to star in a Warhammer series. Oh God! Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, I went from six to midnight like that, <laughs> like that. You injured yourself. Yeah, I literally, I had I had some torsion issues at that point. I was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> slow down there, chief. Well, uh, we'll talk about the Last of Us in a minute, but even Linda Ronstadt had that uh, sort of brief surge after last week. Yeah, but apparently she's not getting any royalties for that, though. That wouldn't surprise me. I mean, is it all coming from Spotify? Don't they, don't, don't they very publicly uh, screw the artists? I I don't know. I honestly don't know. All I know is I read about it. I mean, like Linda Ronstadt's not making money off of this. Like, oh, or well, that sucks. Or is this like a Verve bittersweet symphony situation where uh, the royalties are going to someone else? Uh, I I don't know. I don't know anything about Linda Ronstadt other than that song and that Barney Gumble said that he had wanted to do a project with her for a Oh, it's because she sold off her music catalog. That's oh, what a fucking moron. Why would you do that? Why would uh, you sell off your work like that? Uh, probably because she's getting old and she's like, I'll just take the money. 
Sure, but like that's like a lump sum. Oh man, it drives me nuts when musicians do Ron's this. Stats manager says she's not unhappy about it. Believe me. So she probably got a lot of uh, a lot of money out of it. Okay. About the show or about her selling off her catalog? About selling off the yeah. She's like okay. she believe she's fine. She's okay. Okay. As long as she's okay with it, it just it does drive me nuts though when I read about musicians who do this because like well a lot of them do it because they they feel like they have to like I I need to make some money right now and I got nothing going I have some like like and then yeah so understood forty nine hundred percent increase or so Christ there you go almost a five thousand percent increase it's insane there you go uh a couple are just very quick things from the Grammys so so uh. Harry Styles won album of the year. Um, Which apparently pissed off a couple of uh, Beyonce's well, fans. Well, first, you're correct, but I just want to mention this first. Poor ABBA. <laughs> Poor ABBA? ABBA kept getting nominated because they put out their album Voyage last year. Mm-hmm. It's their first album in like 40 years. Okay. And it's a good album. It is. Okay. I actually found myself listening to it saying, you know, I, I'm not an ABBA fan, but I like this. Uh, and it got nominated for a bunch of things and they didn't win anything. They even got nominated for album of the year and they didn't win. Like, give it to ABBA. They're having a comeback. I mean, I know it's their their last outing. They're probably all going to be dead within five years. But no, give they're it- not. They're, they've got uh, they've got universal health care. They'll be fine. I forgot. They're Swedish. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, Harry Styles. Yeah, he wins album of the year. Beyonce fans are pissed because apparently 33 Grammys isn't enough. E34. Okay. Like, God damn. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah, they're Grammys. Yeah. Harry Styles had a good song. I mean, I hate that song, but it did well for him. Yeah. That album did well for him. Uh, Rolling Stone, according to. Um, uh, this come from vt.com via Rolling Stone. Uh, they're calling it a jaw-dropping upset that um, uh, wouldn't go that far. That Harry Styles won, yeah. It's not like Beyonce, yeah, Beyonce won literally everything else that night. She won three Grammys for Renaissance. Cool. Abba didn't win anything. Let Harry Jack, Styles have his award. Jack's bitter. I'm a little bitter. I'm a little bitter. So then uh, Harry Styles giving a speech and he said, quote, uh, this doesn't happen to people like me often. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the Internet got upset about that. Well, what do you look like Harry Styles? <laughs> <laughs> what I'm do you sure think? He meant it a certain way, but it was taken a different way. What do you think of Harry Styles? Uh, like the person or is it music? Uh, the, the music. I mean, I'll listen to it when it's in the car because the kids like it, and that's about it. Can you look past the fact that he was in One Direction? I mean, I've learned to look past the fact that Justin Timberlake was from In Sync. Um, so give me another couple of good movies with Harry Styles in it, and I'll look past that as well. Okay, fair enough. All right, that how was that? Is that good? I always forget that he's he was in One Direction. That's, well, that's a good thing then, right? Yeah. Because it's like, uh, I just, when One Direction was big, it was, they were just like the joke. It was funny. I mean, it, it was, it was, you just made fun of them. That's what you did. 
But then seeing that all the members, you know, the, the group breaks up and then all the solo members go off to have relatively successful solo careers. But Harry Styles, I mean, look at him. <clears throat> yeah. Even his acting is, is, is decent, too. I mean, I hosted SNL, I think, last season. Did a, did a decent job at it. <laughs> By the way, the, uh, the Pedro Pascal episode of SNL. Uh, I didn't see everything. I just did see the uh, the Mario Kart. Oh, season. I, I'd say the episode of the season. Damn. Uh, the uh, last sketch of the evening. Uh, we'll look it up after the show. Lisa from Temecula. I think that's going to be one of those ones that goes down in the books alongside more cowbell and Debbie Downer at Disney World. Uh, uh, oh, is that the one where everybody literally breaks? Yes. Okay. And guess what? <laughs> guess what? A sketch in 2023 and you didn't need Jimmy Fallon or Horatio Sands there to ruin it. <laughs> uh, finally, so they, they gave out Grammy for video games. This being nice. How long have they been doing that? I, this is a relatively new thing. They have never done this before. I mean, this is the first year? This is, uh, I believe it is. Uh, no, not, I guess not the first year. Um, this year was the first time they did this category. Okay. Um, yeah, Kotaku mentioned uh, video games have been nominated before. Kirby mm-hmm. was in 2021. Um the civilization four intro oh my god was it babu yaba that what it's called i have no idea i'm not i i've, you, uh, I've anybody never anybody that's ever played civ four knows that song immediately though which is funny because i've played civ four but probably not in 10 years so yeah. i couldn't tell you anything about it i think i was playing it only because i was i didn't have internet and I need. I wanted to play something. And the only game I had installed that didn't require internet was Civ. <laughs> like, well, I guess I'm going to Baba Yetu. That's what it is. Okay. But yeah, uh, you hear that song, you know exactly. You're like, oh, it's Civ time. Uh, so uh, I stand corrected. <clears throat> so video games have been nominated and won things before, but this year, brand new category called Best Score Soundtrack for Video Games Slash Interactive Media. And that's that's it's the first. Uh, this is the first award. This is the first year for that specific award. Correct. Because Baba uh, Yetu won the Grammy Award for Best Arrangement, Instrument, and Vocal, but okay. it wasn't for the video game. It wasn't like for video games. It's like no, this is just a great arrangement. Happens to be for a video game. This is just for video game soundtracks. So the uh, the winner. So here's who the uh, who was up. It was um, <laughs> the nominees are. Austin Wintory for Aliens Fireteam Elite, which um, uh, in terms of being a game. Uh, but in terms of it being uh, audio gold? Well, Aliens has always been, um, the soundtracks have always been very good, even if the Alien films have been terrible. Uh, Bear McCreary, who we know from The Walking Dead. Um, he did Call of Duty Vanguard. Um, I'm going to pronounce it I'm probably going to pronounce the name wrong because I'm basing it off how someone I knew in high school pronounced it. Richard Jakes. Or if you okay. want to call it Jacques. Jacques. He did the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Uh, I know him because he's done uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Of course. Soundtrack for that. Uh, of course. Uh, Christopher Tin for uh, the game Old World. He also uh, won in 2013. For, <laughs> that was for uh, what we're just talking about. Or, uh, 2011 i'm sorry 
Um, and then uh, Stephanie Economou for Assassin's Creed Valhalla, specifically the expansion pack Dawn of Ragnarok. Now, uh, the presenter of the award was a comedian, uh, Randy Rainbow, and he goes out <laughs> on stage to um, present the award and uh, totally, totally butchered. Do you have the audio? I, I'm going to have to pull it up. I thought I had it. <gasps> I can get it pretty quickly. I thought okay. I had it. I, okay. But yeah. Um, now, remember, was it 2014 when uh, Travolta went on stage and did what he did? Wickedly talented. The wickedly talented. <laughs> the wickedly talented one and only Adelazine. What happens when you decide you're too good to do the uh, the, uh, the 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 training takes before the show starts, there, buddy? <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, Randy Rainbow presenting uh, the award for best score soundtrack for video games, and the Grammy goes to Assassins Creed Valhalla. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even trying. That's just uh <laughs> Vlaha. That just sounds. It's all in Vlaha. That's a stroke. Uh, you know, uh at least he didn't uh, did he didn't even say Stephanie's name at all or no? I, I don't even think he got that far. <laughs> Was he supposed to is the question. <laughs> uh I think they they must have just announced the names of the games. Okay. Um and then maybe like when they were going through the um uh, like the pre-recorded going through like who the nominees were and then mentioning the names. But okay. um, if he can't say the word Valhalla, even if it's Valhalla, 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 Val, Valhalen, you're good. <laughs> I too watched the Justice Friends. Thank you very much. <laughs> and the Grammy goes to Assassins Creed Valhalla. <laughs> The fact that he couldn't even get Assassin's Creed out in a in a proper tone. Assassin's Creed. Blah. Speaking oh. high Valyrian over here. Oh, I'm a genius. Apparently I put it in the soundboard already. Oh wow. Thanks, Pat. I figured I figured when, before I heard what he butchered, I figured he said, you know, Stephanie Economou or Stephanie exclamation point or something like that, you know, like or like trying to say like lady, uh, lady uh, you know, Dimitrescu, you know, like, I don't know how to say these words. Assassins Creed Valaha. <laughs> Valaha. Uh, it's, it's, it, you know, it's, it, it's not going to be as good as Adele Nazim because he really went for that one. This one you're like, talented, I'm just struggling. One and only Adele Nazim. Yeah, uh, I mean, that one... And the fact that she still owns it. Oh, she had a field day with it. She thinks it's great. Yeah, uh, uh, Adina Menzel, not a hard name to pronounce, coming from someone like me who can't pronounce names. I, I yeah. see Economou, and I, I always have to stop and be like, it it sounds like Economou. It, it is Economou. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then, like Valhalla, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stumble over that. I might, I might switch up the pronunciation, but at least I know what the word is. 
this guy, Randy Rambo, then uh, posted on Twitter. He says, yes, I totally had a Travolta Adele Dazeem moment at the Grammys. <laughs> it was the second category of the show. I was still finding my footing and don't know video games. And of the many phonetic spellings I had to contend with as host, that one wasn't included. So I just started speaking in tongues. If it's any consolation, when my nominated category was called, they accidentally pronounced my name, Dave Chappelle. Uh, well I can forgive him but this is still really fucking funny Assassin's Creed Valaha and that's what I'm going to call it now it's just uh, I call coffee cafefe what are you going to play I'm going to say Valaha I'm going to play some Valaha over here and and, you know uh, Valaha it's not a bad game it's just like Assassin's Creed is such an exhausting franchise that like now, now here's the question the next time there's a Thor movie out or, or Thor in a movie is somebody going to reference Valaha oh I hope so oh I, I I hope so and I hope it's like they have to nail the timing because it's going to come to be a point where you, you say it and people are going to look and be like what do you what and there's going to be the one guy in the theater that you hear they say oh! it yeah, look at the reverence. That's me. That I'm that guy. Or sorry, sorry, the Chris Evans Captain America. Oh, I got, I, I got that reference. I saw a film called um, Wanda. No, it wasn't Ted. It was, uh, it was about an alien, and I think Seth Rogen was voicing him. Oh, um, um, and it's also like a first name. Yes, I know what you're talking. I know the movie. I can't remember the name. It's like Earl or something. Uh no yeah, or Paul is it Paul? Yeah yes it's Paul okay Paul so you got it there half second before I could so there's a character that the the agent who's supposed to be like keys from ET is Agent Zoil Agent Zoil so at the end of the movie he's like you know everyone's friends and the agent's like my name's Lorenzo and Paul just goes your name's Lorenzo Zoil. And I was the one person in the theater. I just went, Lorenzo's oil. And I look around and it's just silence. And I just said out loud, why isn't anyone laughing? That was great. Lorenzo's oil. Uh, and people are staring at me and I'm like, and Kate's looking at me. Kate's like, keep it down. And I'm like, 1992 film starring Nick Nolte and Susan Sarandon. They, they discover a protein that halts the progression of ALS. Lorenzo oil. Funny. So, uh, yeah, uh, it's such a memorable film that neither of us could remember the name of it. Ah, uh, but I will tell you uh, as we wrap things up here, um, uh, the last of us assassins creed. Valaha. No, the other video game. <clears throat> okay. All right. The, the video game that's actually good. Uh, so you did not see the fourth episode of the last. No, I saw all the way to the end of Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Okay. Nice. Bill and Frank's Frank's excellent adventure. Does that mean I need to rename my cat Frank? Uh, maybe. Uh, so episode three, I mean, I, I, uh, holy shit. Yeah. Let's start with that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Episode three. (laughs) So it's, it's, it's interesting. There's sometimes where we like Sarah and I will sit down and watch a movie or a show. And usually it's a movie and I'm like, all right, well, let's see what this is about. And then there's like this huge emotional scene in there. And she's just like on the, on the couch, just like you can see she's welling up, tearing up. And I'm like, 
I'm sorry. I didn't realize this was going to be sad. You know, I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't pick this to be sad. I know we got to watch something funny after this to kind of get your, you know, level out the emotions there. But holy shit. When we were watching episode three, I look over, she looks over and like, she's not even looking. She doesn't like looking over when she's crying. And I'm like, I can't hold it in. Yeah. I can't hold it in. Holy shit. This was like pure ugly crying. Yeah. This, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm reading like feedback on Reddit, feedback on Facebook. And it was all, especially on Facebook. I mean, on Reddit, there were the people who were just giving the disclaimer. Oh, I should give a disclaimer too. Spoilers. Um, Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. Yeah, if you haven't watched The Last of Us and you want to and you're not caught up, uh, stop listening now. Um, but yeah, uh, all grown at, you know, on Reddit, they're giving the disclaimer of I'm a grown ass man. I'm a 40 year old man. And in the very obviously men on Facebook and all of them saying, yeah, crying like a bitch over here, crying ugly tears. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. It was like, you know, there's sometimes you're like you kind of like you get emotionally. It's like a little tear comes down. You're like, maybe a little sniffle. Yeah. Like this was like. <laughs> Oh, dude, I, I was and trying. I thought it was done, and then I thought I was done, and then you're like, it picks back up. And you're like, oh, God. yeah. Oh, did and now? Do you watch the the post credit scene, if you will? Like the the making of the make, yeah, the little vignette, the making. I of, did, yeah. yeah. I always watch it, and the fact that the uh, he was like, I've watched this two hundred times. And I still cry. Oh, yeah. Craig Mazin, the, the yeah. creator, the co-creator. He's like, yeah, that. All right. And apparently there's a two hour cut of that episode. Oh, Jesus Christ. Just to really get your heartstrings <laughs> oh, even God. worse. And so people are like, release. Yeah. Release the cut. Release the two hour cut. Of course, there's always a longer cut. And then there's always the petition to release the longer. Yeah. Cut. It's not like this is the Snyder cut. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, mean, uh, I think more of it's a bit more of we want to see a little bit more. You know, prepper, prepper Ron, yeah, and uh, you know a little bit more of the of the in between history. I think is probably what they cut through. Now it wasn't always supposed to be Nick Offerman playing Bill. No, it was not. Who was it first? I don't. Uh... Oh God! I thought you were gonna. I thought you had the fucking answer. I was pitched it to you. I, and you fucking um, swinging you. Well, missed. okay. What an asshole! I wanted to say Tip O'Neill, but that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Spiro Agnew. <laughs> uh, yes, the Tip O'Neill, the Speaker of the House of Representatives, Tip O'Neill. Yes, <laughs> Walter Mondale, he's still alive, right? No. Oh God, Geraldine Ferraro. Yes, it was Geraldine. Yes, it was one hundred percent Geraldine. <laughs> I don't know his name. I'm right. sorry, <laughs> but either way, he had to back out, and often stepped uh, in. Yeah, but he originally wasn't going to take it. He was like. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if like, and his wife's like, you're, you're fucking going to Canada. <laughs> she, he, and he goes, okay, I guess I'm going to Canada. <laughs> I want you out of the house. <laughs> uh, I'm going to look up this fucker's name. Oh, uh, okay. So uh, while I'm looking for that though. Oh, I was half right. Con was- Con O'Neill. Oh, okay. I knew it was an O'Neill, and it was a three-letter word. First name, right? three-letter yeah. name. Yeah, yeah. Con Tip. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, Frank's illness uh, was never specified on the show. I, I assumed it was like a variation of like ALS or something like that. Uh, Craig Mazin confirmed in an interview that it's either MS or ALS. Ah, so uh, good news for me. 
But <laughs> all um, right, you just have to find a bill. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if it, do you think it would have had the same emotional impact if Offerman wasn't in the role? Um, I I would say yes because there are definitely there are definitely other actors that could definitely fulfill that role. I'm not going to go through a list of them, but I'm sure there are. But I think the other thing is he embodies the grit, gruff, I can make it kind of like manliness to it where it really just tears you down. And he, he, you understand he is emotionally attached to this guy. It's not just, well, he's here. I needed company guys like, no, I fucking love the fact that no one was here. Imagine like actually, accidentally casting a survivalist to play the survivalist. Yeah. He's like, Oh, I made uh guys. I know, I know uh, production hasn't started yet, but uh, I just figured I'd make the whole set anyway. And I was going <laughs> to live in here for six months to just, to, you know, just want to keep it authentic. Okay. Just see him just with that scowl, yeah. that Ron Swanson scowl on his face. Just like, have you, have you seen the Ron, the Ron's <laughs> the, the memes of him <laughs> walking through Lowe's and him going to Home Depot in the post apartment. <laughs> I can help you. I know more than you. He just stares at his camera and goes, I built this whole town. <laughs> <laughs> Including the boutique. Um, Oh, speaking of Fleetwood Mac, they played a very, very, very early Fleetwood Mac song in that episode. They played, I think it was from the first album. Um, I forget the, which which song it was, but I know it's it's the uh, the album is called Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac. So they were really, uh, really going into it there. Um, I'm coming home to stay. That's right. That's the song. So, uh, yeah, the. So we get to where Frank is dying and tells Bill that it's my last day. And like, I'm starting to feel it. I'm starting to, um, you know, I'm starting to feel like the, the, the tears coming, but I'm like, all right, bye. And this, yeah. This is going to be, this is going to be like a, a speed bump of emotion. Okay. All right. Yeah. You're thinking you're okay. It's just going to be all right. A little hump over. All when, right. We're good. When okay. some, yeah, when, they're trying to get, they're trying to pull on my heartstrings. It's understandable. Okay. I can do this. No problem. I'm a man. When something like whiskey, (laughs) I shoot guns. I drive a Dodge Stratus. (laughs) Um, I can handle it. uh, Whenever things like this happen, I take a cue from um, uh, what's his face. who played uh, Atticus Finch in uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. No, the rich. Okay. All right. When Gregory um, Peck, Gregory Peck, when, um, uh, it's in the courtroom, and I think it's Boo Radley's giving his uh, uh, soliloquy, whatever you want to call it. And uh, Gregory Pick bit the inside of his cheek, like almost to the point of bleeding, to stop himself from uh, breaking down while they were mm-hmm. filming it. So I, I tend to do that because it's like a good distraction, but it wasn't working. And then the second Offerman starts crying, that's when I lost it. And I'm sitting with Becky, and I even just said... I don't like it when Nick Offerman cries <laughs> and they go through that whole scene and I don't remember if they, it was then um, I can't remember if they'd even gotten to the part yet where then they go to the boutique and then they, you know, do their wedding and all that. Um, or if it was right before then, but uh, this, this wasn't having the same emotional impact on Becky. 
So she pauses it for me. And that was the first time I've ever had to stop watching something to like compose myself to just get it out of my system. I could not. No, no, no. That would have been, there would have been things thrown at me if I tried to pause that. Yeah. Like it was, you had, I had to, the whole, the whole thing, I had to have everything wash over me. Oh damn. No, she stopped. Not not a break. She stopped it for me. And I, I, you know, all all of my credit to her for, for being there to comfort my, your, my, my bitch ass. Yeah. Because, uh, I, I lost it and, and it, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was right before then the next sequence of events. So like that, then you lost it again, taking, taking that break didn't do anything for me. No, <laughs> exactly. So then, yeah, you didn't, didn't, didn't do anything. God damn though. I mean that episode, uh, well deserving of its accolades. Oh my God. Yeah. And it, it, of course, like it's getting review bombed by, Oh my, it's, Oh yeah. But it, it's kind of, I mean, it's funny how, how just, stereotypical the review bombing is yeah but yeah it's it's like you, you got to come to expect it right like yeah you know that's if if it's of course it's going to be two gay guys like of course there's going to be people even just a troll there's going to be people out there that get that set off by it um but i'm glad it's it's i'm glad it's not being it's being discounted and it's being swept aside and that the praise and the accolades that this episode is getting is is at the forefront. But oh my then, god, yeah. But then there's people out there saying that the episode was just filler and that they didn't care about it. Oh, those 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 are the fucking diehard fucking video gamers. And you're just like, guys. Well, no, it's not. Really? It's people that have never played the game before and don't understand why we got this entire episode devoted to Bill and Frank. Now, Mike, I know you, you are very close now to being able to play the game for yourself. Uh, I believe a month and a half away, two months, a month. Yeah. A month and a half, I think. Yeah. It got, it got delayed, but um, it's still coming out in the same. It's still coming out in March. It just end of March instead of beginning. Um, But I, I'm really trying to spoil, spoil this. It's, the show, this episode gives you something the game didn't give you. Doesn't exactly. Give you. And that's exactly. And that, that's the thing. The actual video game creator is in the show. Like, cre- like he is with the show production. It's not like, yeah. oh, we just bought it from him. We're going to do whatever the fuck we want. His, he's told us, I don't know how many times, I'm going to look at this idea. If this idea is not as good as what the game was, we toss it. If this idea builds upon and grows the idea of what this game was, we will include it. Yeah, Drucker- and He also said, if you want us to make a scene for scene rehash of the video game, go and replay the fucking video game. <laughs> yeah. Druckmann doesn't fuck around. Yeah. I mean, look at all the games that he's released in his time. He does not fuck around. Um. Yeah, the the people who were just discounting it as filler, not understanding it, were also very open to say, I've never played the game, so why should I care about this? And the responses were, play the fucking game, or at least watch clips of it on YouTube. Get yourself up to speed. But that's the thing. I've never played the game, and I did not Good. not appreciate it, you know? Yeah. It, it was nice to not have... I I understand the trepidation, because you've got so much... There was so much 
bullshit filler with The Walking Dead. And I think that's what people like were turned off by. But this this is completely different. This is this is not a filler episode. Like not, it, not gave us a, a, it gave us a it gave us a history timeline without, you know, in, in a different way as well. If they did also go like 100% as the game plays out, then I mean, th- that's one of my favorite levels of the game. And it would have just been a, a, a 60, you know, 45 to 60 minute long stealth gore fest. So I'm yeah, glad it, yeah. I'm glad they did what they did. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, How did you feel about uh, that incredibly accurate depiction of 10 miles outside of Boston, Massachusetts? Oh, oh, oh man, everybody piled on that one. Right? I was like, guys, you got enough CGI budget. Get rid of the fucking Rocky Mountains in the background. That was so bad. <laughs> you don't. There's no way you can. Uh, and there were some people trying to like justify, it, like, well, if you go ten miles out, like, like, yeah, there are forested areas ten miles out. The problem is it's not fucking Rocky Mountain High over here. They don't look like that. No, I mean you might find a ravine half that size, at best. But if you're gonna find something close to that, you got to go to the fucking Berkshires to get anything close to a mountain. You know what they should have done is they should have gone to just any dump. And film in that dump and then put a little title on screen that says Waltham, Massachusetts. Ah, <laughs> burn. Yeah, that was I, I was I mean, if 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 that's the worst thing that happened in that episode, I'll take it. But it was like really fucking hilarious that they showed that. Like, I, and I think the only thing that matters is but it's it's us. It's local. Yeah, the local it's people local. are gonna, like if somebody from California is like, oh, it's a match. OK, all right, whatever. Gloss over it. They don't know. What's really funny is that in the game when you start that level and like you start you start off the level like literally jumping off of route two to go into the woods and there's a sign and it's you know the and it's the like the welcome to Lincoln sign in the style that we have them in Massachusetts looking like a book that I know exactly where you're talking about because I've never driven route two my entire life. (laughs) Yeah, so like in the game, they like at least for that part, uh, got it accurate. Although they claimed it was in Amherst County, which isn't um, isn't accurate in the least, because there is no Amherst County. There is an Amherst. It's on the complete opposite side of the state. Yeah, you know, creative license apparently. But yeah, when it's come when it comes to Bostonians, right? We're very particular. We don't want you to fuck up our accents. You don't want to fuck up our locations. I do. Sarah really appreciate. Oh my god, they did cumbies. They did. But she, but the thing is, she didn't understand. She thought cumbies was more well known. She's oh, there's a cumbies. Like no, you don't understand. No one outside of New England knows what the fuck cumbies <laughs> is, and really, almost Eastern New England knows what a cumbies is. Some people are upset because they use the more modern looking design for Cumbies and not the like what it looked like. Yeah, that's another thing that the show does that I think is kind of odd is that Outbreak Day happened in 2003 in the show. So they could when they do the time jump that it takes place in 2023. Yeah. But in the game, it takes place in 2013. So okay. you could have the outbreak or the, the outbreak. Okay. So th- then everything that then happens from that point on technically is 2033. Um, okay. They could have done the, like the same thing because like the world comes to a complete standstill. It doesn't matter what year it is. It's going to look the same. 
it's going to look post-apocalyptic. I, I, I don't know. Maybe because they wanted to uh, eliminate certain technological aspects of it. I don't know. That's a good, uh, that's a good point. Uh, what I've been doing with Becky, because she's not, um, she's not in video games. She's never going to play the last of us. I've been showing her clips um, from the game after every episode. Um, like the, the, the clips that I'm, I, you know, wh- where I know they're coming from in the game to show her, this is what they're sourcing here. Um, like, uh, uh, Tess's final scene for example to show mm-hmm. her or the opening scene of the first episode comparing it to the opening of the game just to show her this is what they're basing it off of and for those did, did, did you rickroll her with the opening scene of Skyrim <laughs> the car the finally car awake crashes and Sarah wakes up and she's on the fucking carriage <laughs> oh shit I mean, come on, come on. Oh, that's gold. And Joel's sitting there and he's like, Rorikstead. I'm from Rorikstead. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, I should have. Oh, I should have, but I didn't. I'm not that clever. But um, there is when you see what I'm excited is when you play the game and having watched the show and when you play the game, you're, I think you're going to appreciate all these, you know, everything you've seen in the show even more just to see the source material from where they're pulling it. And then you can see like what's different versus, uh, you know, what, what is, uh, you know, almost a hundred percent parallel to the, to the game, but they're, um, yeah, it's gonna be nice. Cause I know it, it I know I'm going to be missing stuff because it's like, oh, this was in the in the show. It's not in the game. All right. So I've, I I can't just be blindly walking through going, all right, okay, I know what I'm going to do next. I know what's going to happen next. I know this. I know that. I know this. It's like, all right, I actually have to pay attention as it's a new game. Yep. The um, actor that plays Tommy in the show, Gabriel Luna, is the only one, I believe, who has actually played the game. Really? Um. um uh, Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey, none of them, they were familiar with the game, but they don't play video games, so they didn't. Um, Pedro Pascal might have played it. If not, there, he there had no someone. Henry Cavill. Yeah, he, he, he had someone like play it and he watched. But um, yeah, Gabriel Lunazion has actively played it, and I think he even said he's played it like more than once. So you can, t- I can tell, especially in the first episode how he's portraying Tommy and you it's funny you can tell who's played the game and who hasn't and and you I can just see it with Tommy's performance uh and uh episode 4 has I'm not going to say whose character is but uh has the actor who plays Tommy in the game playing a different character I I, I was I heard or I was told or I read that there actually are ga- gaming people in the actual series. So I, I think almost all of the, the main cast, uh, with the exception of Annie Wershing, the late Annie Wershing, um, almost all of the main cast is in the show, but playing different roles with the exception of Marlene. Um, Marlene, the actress that plays Marlene also plays her in the game. And I, I don't know why that they made that decision. I don't know if it was, um, someone else was supposed to play her and there was a dropout, um, but that's the only instance where um, it's the same casting. All the other characters, all the other actors show up playing different characters. Um, but uh, 
Yeah, the Annie Wershing thing was bizarre because she was Tess in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess like at the la- literally the last second for episode three, they threw in a uh, title card at the end, like a, like an in memoriam for her. Because she only I think she only died like just a few hours before the episode premiered. Damn. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I uh, episode four. I think you'll like it. Um, I'm excited to see what they're setting up here because they they're they're at a spot where they are doing things that happen in the game, but they've they've also deviated off the path just far enough. So I'm very curious to see where where they go next week with this because. Now it's at the point where it's not it's not one to one with the game. It's more like, you know, point five to one, if you will. Uh, but I like it though. Um oh would you would you say that episode three was on the same level as uh Ozzy Mandias from Breaking Bad? Um in terms of greatest hour of television in the history of the medium. Hmm. Better, I, I I'd have to say I'd have to give it time. Okay, I feel like probably Ozymandias may be a better episode overall, but my God, I don't think I've seen a more emotional episode than episode three. I agree, because I had posted something on. Uh... I left a comment on something on Facebook saying that I considered this episode to be a uh, a rival to Ozymandias. I didn't say it was better. Mm-hmm. Called it a rival in terms of storytelling, in terms of quality and impact. And uh, that was... Uh, I've never seen more polarizing responses to anything. <laughs> some people agreed. Some people wanted to kill me. <laughs> Um, I do have to say, though, there has been only one other episode of television that has gotten me, I feel like, that close to episode three. It was the pilot episode of Touch. had Kiefer Sutherland in it. Okay. It was a short-lived series. But holy crap, that episode of Touch, amazing, amazing episode. And... I don't know if it fell off or what, or it was then it might've been part of the writer's strike debacle, but yeah, it was that right there. Got me crying hardcore before. And, and it involves kids and it was before I had kids. So like the emotional attachment, not there at all. So it was purely good writing and good acting. Okay. Man, I've never even uh, heard of it. I know. Heard not of many show. People yeah. have. January 25th, 2012 to May 10th, 2013. Okay. Yeah. Short-lived. Yeah, I would say that in terms of emotional response for what this episode did to me, it is now my number one. Mm, yes. Because before it was uh, Anthony Edwards' last episode of ER. There's just ah, like it, it, okay. impossible to watch that episode with a dry eye. Um, th- there, there was one episode of was it House. I think it might have been House. But no, no, the good doctor. I think it was the good doctor, and it was 
an episode where the person is alive and they've got terminal cancer or something like that. And they, they, they're, they, they do the, the, the walk, the walk of glory, the angel walk, what's that called? And all of the doctors line up on either side of the hallway. Okay. Because they're, they're, they, they've acknowledged that they're dying and they're going to go into the OR, die on the table and give their organs up to somebody else. Okay. And it's the, the, they picked the perfect song. I don't even remember what it is, but they, you turn the corner and you weren't expecting that to happen in this, in the episode and you see it and everybody's just lining up and you're just like, Oh my God. That was more, that was a quicker cry, but this episode three, that was, I was minutes long crying minutes long. Do you think that uh, this Linda Ronstadt (laughs) song is going to have sort of like a Pavlonian effect where you uh, Uh, start well, the tears start welling up when you hear it. I don't, I don't think so. I don't think it's pet. No. All right. Cause you know, there's that. So, um, there's a version of somewhere over the rainbow by that really fat Hawaiian guy. Uh, yeah. As Israel coming in. Yeah. That one guy. <laughs> well, yeah. that plays during Anthony Edwards, last episode of ER. That's anytime I hear that, I have to like stop what uh, you're doing. Yeah. I always have to like <laughs> take a second and be like, it's okay. The episode's not playing. It's like hearing arms of an angel and having to donate to the SPCA. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, so I, I, you know, I don't know if um, the season two of finale, finale of Mandalorian got knocked off my list because oh. before it was, it was on my list, but also on the list was, um, Herschel's last episode of The Walking Dead. Oh, that was tough. That was tough. I I didn't get emotional like like weepy teary with Mandalorian. I get I had that welling up of like like I wasn't say pride but like happiness and joy. Yeah, like it warmed my soul, and it was just this euphoric feeling the entire time of just like Nirvana bliss of just like uh, oh that is Mandalorian 2 for me that's a good point yeah that's a good way of describing it whereas like the walking dead for example is just <laughs> depression yeah um i'll have to really think about that uh, and also like the the impact on my list is it like emotion you know good emotion or bad emotion yeah like you know are you sad well, not good or bad emotion is good it's just is it a positive emotion is it a negative emotion you know right the context why is it making you emotional why is it making you emotional it's so yeah like 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 watching uh you know uh avengers uh endgame uh, with your newborn child in your arms and then say you know seeing the scene where i love you 3000 oh jesus oh yeah 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 don't do that again <laughs> I've never. I could do it with my three-year-old now, and Jed Jed still get the same reaction. So I, yeah, it's not going to change. I have never watched Endgame again since I saw it in the theater. I saw a clip. When's the last time you cried in a theater, Jack? Uh, uh, yeah, there we go. That was it. Um, I saw. Well, Wakanda Forever was a little. It had its moments, um, but. Uh, I watched a clip on YouTube of someone had uh, snuck a camera in and filmed the audience reaction on opening night during Endgame, which is always great to see. Yeah. Always great to see the reactions when you see, you know, everybody walk out. You're like, yeah, oh, 
you want to talk about euphoric and that was my theater too and it, i wasn't going to a midnight showing i was on it was like a sunday uh afternoon oh yeah oh yeah and it was yeah, you probably had half people that were seen it twice already but it didn't matter yeah but the theater was still packed and just yep. the 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 calamity that ensued can you imagine working in that theater and just knowing what part of the movie that they're at just for like the first like oh, week yeah. or so just based on like the cheering oh, and everything oh, okay guys we've got about 35 minutes left guys can you get your stuff okay good wrap it up okay <laughs> all right thank you siri i think you should go over there that's the fourth time that she started yapping at me. No, that's annoying. I was I was requested uh, by an outside party not to refer to Siri as a bitch. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to for the next while, I'm going to be nice and uh, uh, watch my words. OK, you can call her Mewling Quim. <laughs> <laughs> Away with you, you hen. Anywho, OK, uh, that will do it for this episode of uh, Hardly Focused. And if uh, there's anything that we talked about in this episode that you want to leave feedback on or comment on, uh, you can go to hardlyfocused.com slash contact. And you can leave your thoughts there, hardlyfocused.com slash contact. Uh, Mike, thank you for being here. You're very welcome. Thank you for uh, letting me know that I'm not a total bitch when I cried at uh, The Last of Us. Oh no 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 no! You you want to talk about tears? I will tear up that movies, man. I'll 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 verify with you that this is okay. Good. That uh, that makes me feel better. Yeah. Toxic <laughs> masculinity causes suicide. Hey! Yay! All right. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for being here, and for the rest of you, thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. See ya. Bye. Goodbye. may not have happened.